0: Coming to you live from the MGM in
1: Las Vegas uh, for the Billy C. Kovalev Canelo pre fight extravaganza. I'm joined right here by my man, Alex Papali. And, Alex, we've been uh, talking about this fight Canelo moving up uh, into the light heavyweight division uh, to fight uh, Sergey Kovalev for his world title. Kovalev is ranked number one in the world on a computer. Um, we're going to be talking about this all day long, so uh, we got a lot of. Good guests scheduled to come up, uh, um, Evan Hol- Holyfield, uh, Buddy McGirt, Sergio Mora, Kathy Duva, uh, Bernard Hopkins, so I- I'm looking forward to this
2: this is very exciting this is going to be uh, a great halloween happy halloween to yeah. you billy c and <laughs> well, happy halloween yeah, to all the yeah, listeners you know the truth <laughs> of the
1: matter is alex was trying to get that in and, and <laughs> you know we may have a substitute for alex propali here later on uh because uh we have uh, some halloween guests scheduled to join us but uh, uh anyway let's talk a little about the fight first first and foremost uh if you guys uh Uh, do not have the zone make sure you get it you know I I, you know the way it's unfolded Alex and I just wanna uh, plug the zone here for a minute the way it's unfolded is really uh, it's the best bargain for the best fights I mean you you know you're gonna pay your 20 bucks a month but you're getting pay-per-view quality fights at least four or five a year. so that would work out to be saving some money based on the cost of
2: a pay-per-view absolutely and you know i hate to sound like a commercial but if you're a boxing fan the biggest some of the biggest stars are with the zone and if you think about you know paying for pay-per-views you'd pay for them um anyway to watch them so the idea of twenty dollars a month you know i think it's a pretty good bargain and plus you're getting other fights too that are not pay-per-view so you know um, and there's they replay them and um, there's like an archive there it's a pretty good site. Well, what
1: I like about it you mentioned mention replay because everybody knows that I go to bed I'm in my feet pajamas by 6 o'clock at night unless I'm traveling then I never sleep but um, you know so I can wake up like I normally do two or three in the morning and watch the fight that's something that you know some of the other streaming services don't do yeah uh, which uh, you make a great point that's uh, that's great um, anyway we're here at the MGM uh, I'll get you a camera shot a little bit later, uh, but uh, we are totally looking forward to this. Uh, the weigh-in is scheduled for tomorrow. We are going to attend that. We are going to be with you all day long today, uh, so make sure you check back. We will be breaking this show into uh, segments. Uh, so for all our uh, radio listeners and, and TV uh, viewers, you'll, you'll be getting this uh, uh, as well. But right now, uh, we're psyched about the live audience. But uh, in any event, um, what's your thoughts preliminarily uh, on the Canelo Kovalev fight I know we've been talking about it not only on the show but we talked about it last night and you know I, I, you seem to be focused on your same thought process since the, the beginning I, I've, I've, I've changed a
2: little bit give me your thoughts you know yeah I think that this really is not going to be a difficult fight for Canelo um, and I don't mean to you know denigrate Kovalev in, in any way But the thing about this sport is, um, you know, mileage, uh, it really shows. And if some of the rumors are true about some of Kovalev's, you know, life outside the ring, that's going to catch up to you quickly. Um, I do think that uh, he has shown vulnerabilities, um, especially in his last few fights. I do think that having Buddy McGirt in the corner is is certainly going to help. But um, I don't think size is going to be a factor. I think Canelo is very quick. Canelo has a tremendous left hook. I mean, Anthony Yard was catching Kovalev again and again with that speedy left hook, and um, and it was effective for him. I think uh, Canelo is going to be able to do that. I, you know, I mean, but of course, that's why we fight the fights. Um, Kovalev has that. Uh, you know, big light heavyweight jab, light heavyweight straight punches. If he can use those effectively in the early going, maybe we will have a fight. But I don't know. I think, um, I think that's probably his best chance is to really put pressure on Canelo early um, and hope that, um, you know, maybe he caves in uh, the little guy a little bit. But I just don't see that happening. I think Canelo's going to stop him. You know, um, I, I just want to say this.
1: You know, we were scheduled to have uh, my man Sal Rocky Senacola join us, uh, and also Dax Khan, uh, but unfortunately, we're not able to connect uh, with uh, with with the system uh, because I totally forgot that I use a different system for that system and I don't have it with me so uh, whoops is right so I I apologize for that Sal if you're listening I just tried to get you and obviously you caught on that you weren't hearing us so anyway um, I uh, I've been switching you know I I started off thinking exactly like you uh, that uh, that Canelo was going to basically make quick work of of Kovalev and I say quick work I, I just assumed he would go after the body, and, and that seems to be Kovalev's kryptonite. But, you know, Buddy McGurd is the equalizer in this fight, in my opinion. Um, and I think that, overall, if Kovalev fights smart, if Kovalev can, can be disciplined in the ring, like we were talking about last night, um, and, 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 and use his jab, and, and be disciplined enough where he can just have faith in that for the whole night, uh, I, I think he can score. Whether he can beat Canelo or not on a scorecard, that's a whole nother story, you know. Um, but I do think that Kovalev has uh, a, a chance. Now, with that said, you use the Yardy fight as an example of a fighter being able to get in and land punches on Kovalev. Um, and, and you know, I look at it this way, though. You know, um, Canelo is not as big as Yard. Anthony Hart is a big dude, right. and, you know, although Canelo, um, and we'll see tomorrow at the weigh-in, but I'm assuming he's going to look fine, and he feels comfortable walking around at that weight, but it's different. He's he's never, you know, unless he's he's sparring, but sparring is totally different, he's never been in a fight with a with a light heavyweight and and Kovalev's a puncher right you know so I I think I think the telltale is on that and and I'll tell you something I I have some quotes I'm gonna read as the show goes on but one of them was from buddy McGirt and he said you know all punchers body punchers they inflict damage on their opponents but they don't like to get hit by the body too and it gave me uh, reason to believe that that Kovalev was going to be trying to work the body of of canelo
2: i kind of think that that could be a mistake because he's got to get in close to do that right yeah and i don't think that he's going to want to excuse me mix it up in close that's in close is gonna uh the inside fighting will favor canelo the smaller quicker guy and we've seen and i think you bring up a good point about um just the judges here if it becomes a sort of careful boxing match where we've seen uh, Canelo really shine in those th- those kind of fights, maybe like the first Golovkin fight where Golovkin was really pressur- pressuring him, throwing lots of jabs and straight punches, but Canelo just masterfully counterpunched and just would score well in little bursts in every round. The judges here seem to let that, um, you know, they like that. Uh, it works for him. So I think if it becomes a long tactical fight like that, uh, it could be tough for Kovalev. Maybe he won't get stopped, but he's going to get outpointed. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, you know, again, the thing that's great about this is because of the size factor. And as far as I know, there is no um, weird sort of weight requirement. This is a 175-pound fight, and you weigh 175. I think there is a rehydration. Closing. Oh, there is.
1: Okay. Um, but uh, but anyway, okay. So we appreciate all of the viewers and listeners that are going to be following us all day. So the first thing I want to do is, you know, if you want a specific comment uh, or question answered, or if you want to be part of the show, give us a super chat, and you're in. You're in. Uh, but uh, my man, uh, uh, F.A., uh, who does a lot for the, uh, for the chat room. He, he's got a question. He wants to know um, what I think of uh, the World Boxing Super Series uh, and the franchise champion. Well, I, you know, it's funny that he says that, asked me that, because the other day I, I, I jotted down, I printed out all of the current rankings, um, and, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice that there was another one added. And for the WBA. So so the WBA for example in the heavyweight division has Andy Ruiz Jr as the champion, uh, Manuel Char as another champion, and then Joe Joyce as a champion with a G next to it. That now that, that that's world champions, right? So I'm like, what the hell is that? Well, that's their gold championship now. So the WBA theoretically has three world champions. Listed, they have the nerve to have three they have their regular old champion they have their super champion and now they have a gold champion um and then you know to answer uh uh fat apples i i mean the truth of the matter is is that uh you know franchise champion is just another way uh for them to uh get another sanctioning fee i I don't like it what's your thoughts isn't um
2: taco bell the franchise
1: champion (laughs) that's what I. i don't know you have taco bell on the mind you know (laughs) But, uh, you know, yeah,
2: I don't, you know, I don't give these things too much credibility. Um, you know, we know as if you're a fan of the sport, you know what fights are important and what fights aren't. Yes, unification bouts are always more exciting. But when they start making titles like that, I mean, come on. What does that even mean?
1: Uh, it means that uh, it just gets uh, a little confusing Uh, And it's BS, you know, I'd like to uh, uh, quote one of my favorite fighters of all time, Boo Boo Mancini, when he said, uh, there's only one world, there should only be one world title. Right. You know, but uh, speaking about uh, a title, uh, Canelo and uh, Kovalev will be fighting for Kovalev's uh, WBO world title. Now, Kovalev happens to be ranked uh, number one in the world at light heavyweight. Um, and which, which was a little surprising, because uh, Beater Beev just won a, a great fight um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dmitry Bivol is, is another quality uh, light heavyweight, and Kovalev got the computer ranking, uh, obviously based on his uh, resume. I mean, he's been in there with, with some uh, uh, top fighters, of course. Um, but the division is hot, and when I take a look at it, you know, the WBO, and, and this is what bothers me about the sanctioning bodies. The WBO already has Canelo Alvarez ranked number one in the light heavyweight division. He, he hasn't fought in the light heavyweight division yet. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't see, you know, and, and then to, to, to uh, be fair, in the heavyweight division, uh, they also already have um, Yusick uh, ranked oh, at number wow. one, and he fought one. Against uh, Chaz Witherspoon. Well, I mean, and Chaz Witherspoon on four days' notice, uh, you know, does not justify a number one world ranking. Right. So I mean, you know,
2: it. it I, I happen to have, you know, it, it's easy for me to lose faith in the ranking system. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, and I and I think that that's the thing about titles too. Titles mean something to the fighters because when you have a title fight, it's usually for more money um then you get you know you have to defend it things like that that are you know in terms of um financially it's just good business um and i don't mean to denigrate that but if you're a fan of the sport um you know it's not like you don't i don't know other sports don't have this like right now we've got a real, world series champion well imagine if there was four world he, he, really, series he really he really knows how to do. i want to rub I it in
1: i lost money on that game last night but uh, but anyway anyway,
2: <laughs> yeah. Between uh, the Washington Nationals and me wishing I bumped into AOC at the Baltimore <laughs> yeah. Air. Why do you airport? have to bring that up? Now I'm going to get sick. You know. But can we? I'm um, needling um, Billy. We,
1: sick. Can we keep it on, on <laughs> discussing boxing? You know. But uh, it looks like a really good card. That's for sure. Uh, so if you're going to be in the Las Vegas area, you should definitely uh, stop by and, and get yourself tickets. But. Um, It it looks like nine
2: bouts are scheduled. Yeah, very exciting. And I'm very excited about the uh, Marlon Esparza fight. She's in the room here. At least I saw her briefly. But um, that fight uh, is looking interesting between Ciencia Estrada and Marlon Esparza. They've gotten really uh, personal and nasty, uh, which I think seems to be the trend with everything today. Yeah, um, especially you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the way uh, the social media world goes. Is uh, if, if if a smack talk can sell a fight, they go for it. But I do think that Asparza, um, you know, has the much better amateur um, credentials. But Estrada, um, I think, is is no soft touch. And I do think that in her last fight, she showed tremendous guts. She ended up stopping her opponent after taking a grisly. Uh, gash in her uh in her scalp and i do think that um you know this is this should be an interesting fight on the card i i'm pretty sure that's the first fight to zone will be showing when they go live once again if you don't know alex he always
1: likes to bring in the the horrific cuts and blood and being halloween and well because that's the
2: thing about this sport you know is um uh there's all those the physical parts of it i mean when you think about it this is a city uh with lots of millions of dollars and uh you know kings and queens and what is everybody excited for a fist fight right <laughs> you know it's funny i was watching
1: uh, last night i was watching an old rerun of mash and uh they were putting the guys against each other for boxing it was like kind of funny with uh uh, Clinger was wonderful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to be uh, getting uh, we we have a, a, a good list of of guests coming up But one that we didn't mention was Blair Cobbs and he's going to be joining us here in a few minutes Blair Cobbs is an undefeated uh, Fighter he's 12 and 0 with a draw with eight of his wins uh, coming by knockout He's in the welterweight division and we all know how hot that division is. Uh, we heard an interesting story We won't get into it until blair joins us here uh but uh i'm looking forward to meeting him he he seems like uh, he's already already had an interesting life yeah
2: i'm looking forward to it too and of everybody in this room by far he has the most colorful shirt (laughs) yes he does. Um, so i'm looking forward to seeing that up close (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah well you know we're just starting here we're going to be going all day long Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, We will be getting everybody else's thoughts on the Canelo-Kovalev fight. And like I started to allude to, I'll give you my official prediction later on in the show, like towards the end, of course. Um, But uh, uh, to be honest with you, I keep flip-flopping, so I very well may change my mind during this show, Alex.
2: All right, awesome. I know Alex won't. I probably won't. (laughs)
1: You know, I might might start to, to, to see it Alex's way as well, but... Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens, but you know, I just I, I, I really think that um, you know Kovalev is a live dog. Is by, by the way, uh, when I checked the odds uh, ah, yesterday here at the sports book at the MGM, four to one favorite Canelo is. Um, so I, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. You know, at least it's not something like a you know thousand you know you got to lay a thousand bucks to win a hundred bucks you know right it's uh, you only have to lay out 400 to win a 100 <laughs> you know but uh hey listen it's uh you know you got to give canelo credit um you know uh, we could say all we want about the the realistic or <clears throat> the possibility of him picking the right opponents um but the truth of the matter is is that um he, uh, he's moving up in weight, and, you know, he's fighting, you know, a, a good opponent, yeah. you know, so um, so right now, uh, Blair Cobbs is uh, going to get mic'd up uh, right gonna now, gonna switch. and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get him on the camera shot. You could switch over here, Blair. Yes,
2: they don't, so, they, so everybody can see your shirt. <laughs>
1: We uh, we we're lucky enough to Alex. get uh, Blair here at the last minute. Otherwise, we would have uh, uh, taken. If you could just put the headset on, and you're all set with that. Um, we uh, Alex is obsessed with your shirt, and we, we know we we know that there's uh, uh, we know you have a great story. But could you tell him about the shirt so we can move on?
3: It's a gorgeous $500 shirt made from a very very good artist. I can't even pronounce his name, that's how good he is. <laughs> oh, very so you, nice. you, you're you like me, I'm the murderer of
1: names. I, I destroy anyone's name. Yeah, yours, it's, yours I got. Yours he's I from got Italy that. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. right, that's right, good. Good call. Hey, uh, uh, Mario was telling us earlier, uh, you have an interesting story uh, that was uh, uh, put out. I missed it, Mario gave me a quick uh, um, uh, line on it. Tell us about it.
3: Um. Well, it's a very, very intricate story, very complex. But if I was to break it down in a very simple manner, um, well, I started boxing in Mexico. Um, before that, I was living, I was living a beautiful life, very, very fruitful life, um, in, in um, Hollywood and Beverly Hills, I had a mansion in Hollywood, I had a, a really nice house in um, in Beverly Hills. I was going to Beverly Hills High School, like clueless. Is there really and a Beverly Hills <laughs> High School? I've yeah. heard, I hear I hear so much about
1: you know all the privileged people going to Beverly Hills. Yeah. I thought it was like you know one of those nine hundred two one zero
3: type uh, you know.
1: Like products. it was
3: just it was just like something that you see on TV. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> no really I'm not kidding I, you know. But so it's actually called Beverly Hills High School. Yeah yeah that,
3: absolutely <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Beverly Hills I'm, I'm, High School. I'm from New York so I you know I, we don't have. Hey I, I was like in that. New York too I understand the, oh hey I, I used to be in the Bronx Brooklyn all that stuff but I was. Oh living, so
1: you've tasted. The best bread and pizza on the planet. Then. Absolutely right. <laughs>
3: Absolutely, that's right. That's right. Yep. So I'm
1: sorry. Finished you. You were
3: living it up. I was living it up, and then um, my whole life just took a, a crazy turn of events. Um, my father, he uh, he got into some legal issues, and um, we had to go on the run. And while I was on in the on the run, I lost everything. I lost my identity because I couldn't. I couldn't even say who I was anymore. You know, I, I couldn't be anybody and little by little people you start to notice people actually treat you like that too like yo, you're not even a real person get out of here don't talk to me <laughs> and so yeah. you
1: went to Beverly Hills High School sure you did that's what they tell you right after yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, and in that time period where I lost everything in Mexico I, t- uh, I found boxing boxing was my sanctuary to uh, to keep, had me, um, you, had keep you, me moving forward had you boxed before or in Mexico was the first time Mexico was the first time no you know beforehand I was always lying I was always telling people hey man I'm a boxer this and that you know that was really just to keep the keep the bullies away from me (laughs) you know (laughs) so you started boxing you got into boxing and you loved it what kind of uh, amateur career did you have well I fell I fell in love with the sport I fell in love with the culture in Mexico Um, and I started I started fight I started like actually fighting fighting like right away after two weeks of training in Mexico we were already having having fights two weeks of training went straight to fighting wow. and um and like i had like over 20 fights we was fighting almost like back to back every every weekend there was a fight so we would fight consistently in, in Mexico as far as amateurs and they were like very they were very much like semi pro fights they were you know they were knockout drag out wars if, wow. if you finish them you finish them so i had a lot of knockouts i was killing guys out there um, because I was so dedicated to the sport, and those
2: were like all unsanctioned, like no headgear. No, yeah, oh, like, they were amateur. Oh,
3: amateur, amateur, and some of them were like semi-pros. Oh, wow. And stuff like that, and then, um, and then I, I finally had the opportunity to come back to America, and I spent I spent a little bit of time in New York, and most of my time I spent in um, Philadelphia. Where I had to kind of find my own way and and survive the city streets the tough rough city streets of philadelphia uh-huh. um, for quite a while until like I turned pro in Philly. And, like you know while I was in philly and then um, Finally, I, like I got a small opportunity to to get out of philly and then I'm, I came to uh, las vegas And that's where I actually made all my breakthroughs in, in las vegas and you're living here and training out here now. Yeah, absolutely, living so, here in Vegas. So
1: you turned pro
3: in Mexico or when you came back to the states? I turned pro when I came back to the states. I was living in Philadelphia for like over over ten years, you know. So, but as wow. an as an as a young adult. So, wow. so you learn
1: how to fight in Mexico. Now, would you describe your style as a Mexican style,
3: or did you adapt, you know, based on your skill set? Um. My style is almost as crazy as my personality, you know. Um, I have a and the shirt. I've, yeah, <laughs> as crazy as this shirt on me right now, because uh, uh, I have I have a multiple personality type of thing going on. I'm I have split personalities, so in the ring you can see you can kind of see it reflect. You it like one round I was like this, and then another round I'm completely different. And um and I'm constantly and consistent continually growing in each and every fight. So uh, I can't I can't even tell you how like what my style is because it's it's unpredictable. I think the best part about my, my style is that it's, it's unpredictable.
1: Well, it seems to be working. You're undefeated fighter, 12 and 0, 80 of your wins coming by knockout. Apparently, your opponents feel the same way. They uh you know they can't figure you out. Um, do you think that you're going to settle into a style, or are you going to try to be unpredictable
3: forever? I, I think the whole unpredictab- unpredictable type of way I've been going about it is, uh, is something where it just happens by, natu- by nature. Like I will be training this way <laughs> and doing everything this way and you know, beating all my sparring partners in the same type of fashion. And then we get in the ring, and if they throw something that can stop what I'm doing, I can flip it almost instantly. And, um but that's the key yeah. to, make the, yeah. to make those adjustments. adjustments. I mean, I'm, we're always talking
1: about when we're looking at a trainer, and you're watching a fight, and they train for a specific kind of a fight, and then the trainer isn't helping the fighter make the adjustment during the fight. I mean, that's what separates success from failure. So it Absolutely. seems like you,
3: you can pick that up on your own. Um, yeah, like already. like me and my team, we're, we're hilarious. I have a outstanding boxing training program. My my trainers are incredible. They uh they're growing me to get to the, to be on the level of the top tier fighters. And the funny part is, they actually help my my uh, my opponents. Like they they give them tips in order to try to beat me. <laughs> the whole idea is, hey, how can we challenge Blair Cobbs today? And every time I, I figure a way around it, Let's like challenge him. Yeah, well, what, what happens if you throw a lot of jabs? Throw more jabs at him. I'm like, oh, I don't like it when he goes to the body. Like, go, go to the body, chase him down. Like, you know, <laughs> just doing anything they can to get me out of there because it's, it's all about that pressure and going through that, that adversity and seeing how you deal with it. And um, I've I just been passing each test through my training and in fighting. Well, Blair, you found yourself on uh, arguably one of the biggest cards of the year.
1: How do you feel about that? What is wh- you know? I know you're focused on your opponent and stuff, but you are on uh, you know this giant card. Um, you know, it's a historical card uh, for all intent purposes. I mean, does that change your view, or are you trying
3: to make it like any other fight for you? Um, the biggest thing about this card is Blair the Flair. At the end of the day, Blair the Flair got on this card. Regardless of whoever he's dancing with, he can dance all night long like Lionel Richie. And he's going to put on a (laughs) tremendous performance. The biggest thing on this card is... Blair the Flair. It's Canelo Alvarez and Kovalev, and right under that should be Blair the Flair. Matter (laughs) of fact, Blair the Flair, it should be X'd out. Blair the Flair have arrived. Blair the Flair arrival. Let me
1: me give you a little history Uh, about, uh, I guess it was six or seven years ago, we were here doing an an event, and the main event was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. against Sergio Amara, and the co-main event was Canelo. So what you're saying is not that crazy because you yourself five six years from now could be headlining a card like yeah. this, and uh, I'm look. I've never seen you fight, and uh, Mario gave us a heads up on you. So now you know. And after meeting you, I I'm I looking forward. To it. Is this the-
2: is this your first ten rounder? No. Okay. No. Because I you stopped a lot of guys. I see you went eight once, but you've have have you, you haven't gone full ten yet.
3: Um, the last fight that I fought went nine rounds before I actually put him out. Stop.
2: Okay.
1: You
3: have one drawer on your record. Uh, wh- what was the deal in that fight? Oh, man, I was trying to, I was trying to make 140. Oh. And my body doesn't fluctuate that well. So uh, I was trying to make 140. They told me to make 140 on the dot. And I'm like, oh, man, I mean, I could make 142 easy. I could make 143 easy. I'm like can we can we at least get a couple pounds i mean we're not even fighting for a title They're like no we want you to make 140 to oh, see wow. if you can make it and we tried to make it the best way we can um i took two weeks off from everything just to try to make the weight and um and like even when i got to the scale i wasn't quite 140 i had I was trying to do everything. It's like think like. Yeah, like think like. think like. Well, and then somehow feathers, I got feathers, off those feathers. I got
2: yeah feathers, feathers.
3: Float. Sometimes, Cotton. sometimes you just Pillows. gotta levitate.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. In the future, if, you have, if that's ever a problem, that's when you you word the contract one forty plus or minus two, right,
2: or thereabouts. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: But, uh, Blair, we appreciate you stopping by, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you fight uh, Saturday night. And uh, I hope we can uh, get you on the show. I'll, I'll get your info from uh, Mario, and we'll get you on our regular show. You can talk about your victory. Thank uh, you. After Saturday. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Great my man. Thank Good you. luck. Uh, Hold up. Before we go. Uh, it, it, Blair the Flair.
3: Before we go, <laughs> you guys need to understand that come November second, Blair the Flair Cobbs, the most exciting man in boxing, is going to show up and show out. Woo! <laughs> Thank Blair you. the Flair Cobbs. <laughs> we're right. looking forward to looking seeing you.
1: to it. And uh, we're glad you stopped by. Thank you. All right, Great good meeting luck, you, my man. Oh, my nice goodness. shirt too. Alex is obsessed with. I love shirt. it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk some more about Canelo Kovalov.
4: Endless pools are an incredible alternative to traditional pools, making it easy and inexpensive to swim at home. Exercise year-round against a smooth current set to your desired pace and temperature. With our new underwater treadmill, you can walk or run without stressing your joints. Endless pools are simple to install and even simpler to maintain. The water stays crystal clear with almost no chlorine. Call for your free idea kit and
0: experience the freedom of swimming at home.
5: Snacking has never been this exciting. At Graze.com, we combine wholesome ingredients with the flavors we all love to create over 100 exciting snacks, like these. We'd love to send you a Graze sampler box for free. Just go to Graze.com, enter the code ENJOY36 and we'll mail your free box to your home or office. Join thousands of Grazers already in love with our exciting snacks. So come to Graze.com for your first box free.
6: Broken air conditioning $4,400, failing refrigerator $2,500. Don't let outrageous repair and replacement bills like these bust your budget. Get the first American home warranty plan and when a covered appliance or system breaks we'll repair it or replace it for you.
1: We had a high end dishwasher, go kaput, they put in a brand new dishwasher.
6: We have plans that cover air conditioning, most appliances, plus heating, plumbing, electrical systems and much more plans start as low as $25 a month why let a major appliance or system breakdown bust your budget or go through the hassle of finding trustworthy service people last year alone we saved our customers over 120 million dollars don't wait until something breaks and you're stuck with a huge bill
4: you save a lot of money it's absolutely worth it
6: if you don't have first American warranty
4: Get it. Call 1-800-946-6234 for your free, no obligation
0: quote. Need relief from back aches and stiffness in your hips or down your legs? Then you need Dr. Ho's back relief belt, the innovative technology to support and decompress your spine. And now it's covered by Medicare.
3: Every patient with back pain
2: should be wearing this belt. Nothing gave me instant relief except for the Dr. Ho belt.
0: Feel good while standing, walking, driving, doing housework, and while laying down. And now, Dr. Ho's patented belt is available at our best price ever. It's even covered by Medicare. Order now and get the easy-to-use hand pump and back rehabilitation DVD, free. You know, similar belts can cost you almost $1,000, but
6: my belts won't cost you $500, not $300 not even $200, I will give you my special TV price.
0: And remember, Dr. Ho's belt is covered by Medicare. If you know a friend or family member that suffers with pain, get them my system today.
6: Help them live with less pain, be more active and get back to doing the things they love. Give them the gift of health.
4: Endless pools are an incredible alternative to traditional pools, making it easy and inexpensive to swim at home. Exercise year-round against a smooth current set to your desired pace and temperature. With our new
0: underwater treadmill, you can walk or run without stressing your... And we're back. We're coming to you live from the MGM in Las
1: Vegas as we're doing our uh, Canelo Kovalev uh, pre-fight extravaganza show. I'm sitting here with uh, Alex Papali. And um, I, I just want to straighten one, somebody out. I'm not going to mention because he didn't give us a super chat or nothing like that. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is zone officially raised it yet. I, I, I'm pretty sure they did, Alex, but it, if they so. didn't, they are. That's the plan. So uh, uh, the person in the chat room who, uh, who feels that they should uh, uh, be correcting me, forget about
2: it. Don't <laughs> correct Billy Z. But uh, anyway, interesting... Uh, Uh, interview with uh, Blair Cobb what did you think I thought that was really good I mean that's what you uh, that's what I love about uh, a young fighter um, is just the confidence and the uh, you know that uh, motivation and yeah I don't know Uh, I'm very excited to see him fight he seems like uh, a real uh, energetic kid and uh, this should be a good one Fat Apple says he's
1: got a Ric Flair. Woo. (laughs) You know, but uh, uh, he was, uh, he was, he was, uh, had some charisma. Um, You know, I hope that, um, uh, I hope that, you know, he does well. We'll we'll get a chance to see him. I've never seen him fight. Uh, Actually, one of uh, boxing's uh, uh, best publicists, Mario Serrano, uh, was here earlier and uh, got him, slid him in for us. Um, And, you know, he... uh, um, you know, he's, he seems to align himself with some good fighters. So uh, I'm looking uh, nothing but quality from this guy Saturday night. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And speaking about the uh, rest of the card, um, there are some other interesting fights. Of course, the co-main event, Ryan Garcia against uh, Romero Dono. Um, Ryan is, is here. We, we got him last time. Um, I, you know, there's a big test for him. Um, I, you know, when you look at the rankings, uh, he was ranked uh, higher. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later. I think if I, my memory serves me correctly, um, you know, Garcia's ranked at, like, number 16 uh, in the world uh, by the computer. Uh, and Deneau is ranked in the high 20s. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, I think, you know, to be honest with you, no disrespect to Ryan Garcia, but he's, he hasn't fought anybody. Uh, close to uh, uh caliber. And, and I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I, I like the fight. Um, you know, I think that it's going to be... Uh, it's not an easy fight
2: for Garcia. No, definitely not. Duno is a tough guy. And, um, you know, uh, these guys have wanted to um, face each other for a while. Uh, everybody knows about the little uh, back and forth that Garcia had with his promoter. Um, but it looks like it's going to happen, and uh, we're—I uh, think we're in for it's the fans win because it's a good matchup. Yeah, you know, that whole
1: thing was was a joke, because I mean he was—you know—he's dissing me, he's this, he's that. You know, he didn't want nothing to do with him. He gets his money. We're family. We're good. We're family. <laughs> you know, it's funny how things uh, uh, change. But something that you know on that discussion, something or on that topic, I should say. Um, You know, it's been reported by multiple uh, Sources that, you know Oscar De La Hoya and and Canelo Alvarez Are clearly um, Their relationship is is
2: Diminishing rapidly Uh, What's your thoughts on that? You know um, Everybody Everybody grow you know Sometimes people grow apart Whether it's a relationship or a business relationship Whatever Um, You know, I I think that Golden Boy has done really well for Canelo Alvarez, and um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you do think, oh, what about loyalty and all that? But like I said, people sometimes grow apart, and uh, maybe they um, will end up parting. I mean, I do think that uh, Golden Boy has, I mean, if you think about in terms of financially, he's one of the biggest biggest stars in the in the whole sport. Um, and for a while, last year, he was the highest paid athlete on earth. And the, then some pitcher, I guess, beat him. The thing is this.
1: You know, people, I think what's happening is people are losing sight of what a promoter does and what a fighter's supposed to do. And it's just the world we live in today. A promoter promotes a fighter, builds a fighter up, invests money in a fighter early in his career, etc., etc. Yeah, I think they've
2: done a great job with him.
1: Okay, but what happens is, and the same thing, you know, again... And this is why you know people disagree with me when i say this because it's not so much against floyd mayweather but the way he made it and the way he succeeded in in getting to where he got to in his career both you know uh, from a legacy standpoint uh, from a legacy standpoint through his financial um, gains was because he's floyd i mean and now everybody's trying to emulate that and one of the things floyd did was that he began to market himself when he was still under the top rank banner and when they split, he that's when he became Money Mayweather. Well, Canelo is seemingly doing the same type of thing. You know, um, whether they have a good relationship or not, Golden Boy got him to where he was a household name and now, let's be honest, Canelo doesn't need Golden Boy. Canelo can, could, you know, walk and, and do his own uh, promotional company and do the same thing Floyd did because he's that popular right now. Now what now you know the 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 line is more like oh well he's not being loyal to me. That's Canelo saying that about Oscar De La Hoya. But isn't it a two-way street? Absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, when Does the promoter, I mean, I've seen, you know, I've promoted fights, and I've seen young fighters where you invest a lot of money into them to build them up until they have some value, and then all of a sudden they leave and sign with another promoter, you know, and then the promoter's the bad guy. Now, I'm not saying all promoters are are good, but the the deal is the deal. You know, you sign on with a promoter, they build you up, and then, you know, you could be looking at this, uh, you know, the other way. You know, uh, when a fighter starts saying, well, I do all the work. It's the same scenario all the time. Well, I'm the one that's taking the risk. I'm the one that's doing all the work. I need to get more paid. I don't want to give up my 33% or whatever the deal is. And I think that that's what's going on with Canelo. I think Canelo realizes that he could be successful financially without uh, Golden Boy. And Golden Boy, being a businessman, you know, he says basically, well, we're under contract. You know, let the lawyers fight it out. And I think that's where we are
2: with that situation. Yeah, it does. And I think you bring up a good point that, um, you know, like the Mayweather model. uh, And, I mean, even if you go back, Roy Jones, I think, might have been even doing the same kind of thing even before uh, Mayweather. where uh, And even Sugar Ray Leonard, to an extent, where they work under a promoter for a while and then get to the point where they're big enough and they've learned enough and they have enough people uh, of their own staff that they create their own company. And I think that you're right, like you had mentioned at dinner last night, that that, the writing on the wall suggests that Canelo might very well do that. Um, But, you know, we'll have to see because, I don't know, that uh, sometimes that doesn't work. Well,
1: considering that Canelo has the deal with Zone, not Oscar, you know, um, I think that that is a big driving force for, uh, for
2: Canelo. You well, know. and I think one of the things that Golden Boy, if it's Golden Boy that's done it, or if it's uh, Canelo's advisors and matchmakers, um, one of the things they've done just absolutely masterfully is... Um, is that a word? Yeah, masterfully. Oh, okay. Yeah, is um, they're... Opponent selection and, like, when they've chosen to fight people. All right. You just they've opened. They've been you, really good at that. You, you, you just With Golovkin with Kovalev, definitely. You, you just opened a can of worms that I got
1: into last night, too. You know, I, I was watching. The, it was a great fight. The light heavyweight fight with, with B2B and... and um, uh, Vazdik. Vazdik, sorry. Uh, and I'm listening to the commentating, which, you know, for the most part... You know, uh, um, we had Timothy Bradley, who I love, and Dre. Dre you Dre. know, Dre. Dre. He, he used Dre. to be Andre, but now he's Dre. He's Dre. Um, but uh, just, uh, Dre, just Dre. Just uh, And and they're saying, well, you know, we we got to give these guys credit because they're actually fighting each other, and you know, they could take a choice and and either go for their you know legacy or or they could actually fight and, and be a champion. Blah, blah, blah and and I'm saying to myself. You know I, there. I wasn't disagreeing because it's true okay but the problem I have is that the fans accept it the fan accepts a fighter today either you know taking on a challenge which we want or taking the easy road to to multiple titles and you know going that route the, the issue that I have with that is that you know it really starts with the promoters and the networks because the promoters and the networks have, you know, all of a sudden felt that they can't promote a big fight unless the fighter is undefeated or unless they're fighting for a title. And we've given life, the promoters and the networks have given life to all these sanctioning bodies to, to bring up these other titles and to invent the gold title and this title and the, the I, I'm almost a champion title and all the crap like that. And, the, and then the same thing, the network. You know, they say, well, you know, we're not going to put your fight on because he's got three losses. Well, those three losses, you know, I mean, Kovalev has three losses. You know, they happen to be, you know, two of them happen to be against, you know, Dre. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, the, the truth is, is that back in the day when, when boxing was as popular um, as, you know, uh, anything else. Baseball, football. You know, I mean, the thing was, was that it, you, we had these rivalries. We had... You know, neighborhood rivalries. We had you know, state to state rivalries, and and those fan bases would be built up first, and then it would expand nationally. You know, um, we don't have that now. You know, you all of a sudden you'll get a guy that uh, has been built up. You know, he's got 20 wins. You never heard of him, and now he's on TV. And you say to yourself, and a lot of young fans say that, oh, he's 20 and 0. He must be good. They don't look at the record. You know and then now we have these computer rankings which i question now lately i used to feel that they were pretty accurate but you know how can you have how can you have a fighter in Usyk, who who and no disrespect to him but he fought one fight at heavyweight and he's the number one contender all of a sudden yeah well he is a badass do I mean, you know that he's above by the computers that they have him ranked above
2: tyson fury yeah how can that be yeah i know that those kind of things are a little ridiculous, and like you had mentioned earlier, that Canelo ranked number one at light heavyweight is like, huh? He you know, hasn't that, fought there yet.
1: Yeah, but that's that's the W B. See, that's that's a difference. The, that was the W B O rankings. Um, he's not ranked by the computer yet because the computer only ranks a fighter once, once fight they there. fight you know but to, Go to configure yeah well i mean what a crazy yeah, concept <laughs> well that's the way it should be i mean but they shouldn't they shouldn't get a guy and no again no disrespect to usick cuz i like him but they shouldn't have a guy like usick all of a sudden catapulted above tyson
2: fury right? right i mean no that yeah that doesn't sound right and i mean i mean i i think just Considering his credentials in another division, yes, uh, he's, I think he's going to be very successful at heavyweight. But you're right, to give him a number one ranking, that's crazy. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, just because he was
1: successful in one division doesn't, doesn't translate. You know, I, now, And Canelo is going to be faced with the same thing. You know, but the difference between, in, in my opinion, the difference between what Usyk did and what Canelo's doing is Canelo's going right to, you know, arguably the best light heavyweight. You can make a strong case to say that Kovalev is the best one. You know, I mean, Beterbeev and Bivel. Personally, I think Bivel is fighting in the wrong weight class. He should be a super middleweight. He looks too small actually I like a fight between Bivel and Canelo
2: I think he does too I think that's why what was it yesterday or earlier this week that he he sort of alluded to the idea that he might stay at 175 um, it all depends maybe, how he looks I think yeah and if, I think um, Beterbiev is probably the most dangerous uh, of the guys that are out there um, you know and again, because he has such a difficult clubbing rough style, uh, I wonder if Canelo would want to fight like that. But Bivol I could see him facing. I could see Can- if if he gets by Kovalev and you know, gets by him relatively easily, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he sets his sight on Bivol. Well let, let me ask you this. I mean, the
1: Mexican heritage for fighters traditionally they, they seek the toughest uh, opponents, they seek challenges, um, and Canelo is trying to follow that suit, okay? If that is the case, should he get by Kovalev on Saturday night, and should he do well, stop Kovalev? Because, you know, if he wins by decision, um, you know, you could make a strong case because, you know, he hasn't had the power as he's been moving up in weight classes. He hasn't okay um at least knockouts you know he hasn't been scoring the knockouts he's been he's
2: been yeah but you know, look at who he's faced I well mean, they're the did, top middleweights, right i think that's why well, i mean he didn't knock out golovkin he didn't knock out danny jacobs those are the top middleweights, um, right well those guys are hard to knock out well um i think that uh look what he did with fielding um I think that's. I don't think the power really is going to be a difficult. You have to put an thing. asterisk next to that fight, I think. Yeah, you well, but do. I mean, but it was him beating a bigger man. So I mean, granted, it was just a bigger man. Um, in is terms that the of, case Saturday night? I think that uh, Kovalev is not what he used to be. I think Kovalev's best fights were the first Ward fight and um, the Hopkins win. And and probably the rematch with a later Alvarez because he showed that he could come in there and avenge himself and stick to a game plan and fight a good solid fight. Still, yeah, that, that's the fir- that was the first fight he had with Buddy. Right, and I think that that's, that speaks volumes for Buddy McGirt. Uh, you know, at as uh, you know, at the helm. So I do think that that's a big plus for Kovalev. But again. You know, Buddy McGirt is a Hall of Famer in the corner. He's not going to be, be in there for three minutes. You know, he only gets one minute at the end of every round. Um, he's going to need, he needs him in those three minutes, you know. That's when he's going to need the help because he's all, all up against Canelo then, and that's that's going to be tough, I yeah, think. Yeah, but you know what?
1: This is exactly what we were just talking about. That's what a good trainer does. They do the work in, in training camp. They put together a game plan in training camp. Yeah, That's when the, the teaching, the training, the game plan, all of that gets worked out in training camp. Then during the fight, the adjustments have to be made. That's what separates a good trainer from a not-so-good trainer. The, the trainers that can help their fighter make an adjustment um, during the fight is what makes the difference. Right. And that's where Buddy McGirt excels. And the other thing that he brings to it is that he, everybody knows that Buddy McGurt looks out for his fighters. And when he says that I'm gonna uh, stop this fight, the fighters know that he's gonna stop this yeah. fight. And, you know, and we saw that in the yard fight. Yep. I don't know if, you know. When he, he said, no, 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 no. And Kovalev even said, no, 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 no. He said, well, then well, show like me that, something. That that round that went in between the rounds. He woke him before, up. He, and it, but he was in trouble.
2: Oh, yeah. He's, he's Definitely. Lucky,
1: he's lucky he survived that round. Yeah. All right. And then he came back
2: and, and knocked the yard out. And I think that's Canelo's people were watching that.
1: Exactly. With their mouth well, watering. Okay, water. okay. okay. <laughs> but, but that, that's, why, that's why my initial... Um, take on that fight was the way it was. I I figured that um, Canelo was was clearly looking at at the body and they were you know trying to get trying to get the, the the you know the fight because they figured that they would work the body and and Kovalev would fail. But I think what they overlooked was the boxing ability by Kovalev. Now now should he you know be able not be able to do it, it you know, it's going to fall into what we thought. But should he you know, reinvent the boxing ability, which we've all seen from him. And he does have a beautiful jab. There's yeah. no question about that. You know, so that now a that right. now, the,
2: the, the, his one-two is great.
1: So, so now that, you know, poses a big challenge for Canelo. If Kovalev is using the jab correctly and he's keeping the distance, he's keeping Canelo away from him so that he can't work the body, it's a different fight, Alex. And that's my whole point. You know that's what you know we're going to find out on saturday night if he can still do that now you know i mean off the top of my head you know you look at canelo and you say canelo's a warrior canelo can bang canelo can get in you know he's very prideful he's younger blah 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 but can he handle a version of kovalev that he is not expecting that that's they're expecting the version of kovalev that andre ward stopped they're right. they're they're looking at at him as being you know even in the yard fight when yard connected to the body Kovalev doesn't like the body no. you know but Buddy McGirt made a great point he
2: said well body punches don't like to get hit by the body either right yeah and I think that's uh, you know there has been times in his past that Kovalev did go to the body well I think he did against Hopkins too if I don't if I if memory serves but I think that one of the things about it is that because and this did happen in the yard fight was that. Um, McGirt was telling him, look, keep jabbing, jab, jab to the shoulders, jab to the chin, jab to the chest, you know, keep that jab moving because it's going to open up other things and it gives you distance. He needs distance. He's going to need that against Canelo. The thing that Yard did very well and then kind of gassed out that I think Canelo can do too is, and um, Tim, Tim Bradley kept talking about it, talking about it in that early, in the early rounds in that Yard fight, is that check left hook. Um, Yard was able to, as that jab would come at him, he would sort of step to the side and bang Kovalev with that quick check left hook to sort of say, hey, you got your hands up? And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Slowly, it sort of found a home. Now, Canelo is going to do that. He's going to do it upstairs and downstairs. So but he's got It's going to get in, be interesting. He's got to get in close to right, do that. Right. He's not going
1: right. to be he, you know in, in order for him to get in close if Kovalev lets Canelo get in close, the fight's not going to go to distance. It's not going to go to distance. If 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 Kovalev allows Canelo to work the body, the fight will be over before the final bell. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it, it's it's simple to look, look at this fight the way I am. You know, the truth of the matter is, is if Kovalev can establish the jab and keep Canelo off of him, it's a good fight.
2: If he can't, it's not. It's right. a one-sided fight. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those fights that probably by the end of the first round, we're going to see two big things. One, um can canelo is is the jab enough to keep canelo away and two can canelo affect kovalev with his power i have a feeling we'll see it early because the thing about it is speed is power hitting you with a punch you can't see is power um and i think canelo can do those things uh and again billy c like i said what did yoda say judge me by my size do you rocky fielding canelo knocked out
1: fielding uh in in december of last year his previous knockout um was against liam smith and that was a mismatch you know and previous to that amir khan was was way smaller you know the power has not transcended as he's moved up to fight the bigger guys you said it yourself triple g listen I said this when I wanted Triple G to fight uh, Mayweather. Triple G is not a big middleweight. Danny Jacobs
2: is a big middleweight, you know, uh, and he's quick. He's moves. Yeah. He's harder to, you keep, know, you know, keep wailing on.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, traditionally, uh, he's
2: going to be wailing on Kovalev.
1: Well, Kovalev is a big dude. I, you know, when when you look at that fight, I, you know, Kovalev. Uh, I think the age is going to come in and, and all of that, but let's talk uh, real quick and we'll take a short break but Ryan Garcia against Romeo Deneau, uh I was mentioning it before the computer has Ryan Garcia ranked at number 16 and Deneau was ranked at number 38 Wow! which I, I, you know I think is uh, is a little out of out of reach to be honest with you um, uh, you know Ryan Garcia will have a three-inch uh, uh, height advantage he'll have a two-inch reach advantage in this fight um, but when you I look at his resume the toughest Fight that he has in his 18 wins was against Jason Velez. Jason Velez was the toughest fighter that he had. Um, he's fought nobody, and, and Carlos Morales, you know, isn't a killer. And he, and he, 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 you know, you can make the argument that he lost that fight. You know, so I mean, uh, Jose Lopez in his last fight had a good uh, record, moving up in weight to fight uh, Garcia. Garcia young and and you know he's fast. He'll he'll eventually. Um, um, move up, I, I'm sure, to to junior welter and probably eventually fight at welterweight. I mean, he's only 20 years old. Uh, but Dono has been in some tough fights. I mean, uh, you know, I, his top four fights: uh, a knockout over Christian Gonzalez when he was 16 and 0. Gonzalez was 16 and 0. He has a knockout. Uh, I'm sorry, he has an eight-round decision over Juan Pablo Sanchez, Gilberto Gonzalez. He he won 10-round fight and Juan Antonio Rodriguez. Uh, he won a technical decision, a decision in May. Um, those are four tough fights that Deneau had with, with good opponents that Ryan Garcia has never stepped in the ring against. I, I think this is a hard—I'm not saying that, that Deneau is going to beat Garcia, but this
2: is going to be a tough fight for Garcia. I think it's going to be a big test for him, Alex. Absolutely, and I think that's, the, that's really the best thing about it is that— um, It's a step up fight for him. It's something that I think everybody wants to see. Uh, It's a, you know, it it's part of his development as a fighter. Um, Duno is, it looks like you just pointed out. I think Duno is the best fighter he's faced. Well, look at look at
1: look at this. His his the four wins that I just mentioned for Duno. The combined record was one hundred and two wins, and twenty four losses. Wow. You know, I, I mean that's impressive. Yeah. For for a guy that wants Garcia, right? Remember, Deontay wants to fight Garcia, and Garcia wanted to fight him too. Um, I, I think I, I think it might be too soon for this fight. It could be no, based based on based on the level of opposition that he had. And and let's be real, you know, I, I interviewed him. He's he's actually uh, across from us right now doing an interview. I interviewed him last year, He's very confident. Um, you know, with, with what was uh, argued in the press, um, you know about him should be in a main event fight. He's obviously listening to the people whispering in his ear how good he is, and that's a dangerous, dangerous thing um, because in today's game of boxing, you know, um, fighters are overprotected to the max, and and I you know and and I think Ryan Garcia is no different. He's you know he's been hand fed uh, some easy opposition. And Saturday night, he is not in there easy. If he makes quick work of of
2: Romeo Deneau, you know, that will be his signature fight to date. Absolutely, absolutely. And I do think that, um, you know, this is one of those sports that uh, if you're too cocky, you're going to find out, and it's going to hurt. I think that uh, this is going to be an interesting one, and I think that we should have a much better sense of, um, you know, what, kind of fighter ryan garcia is after this fight well um do you have any thoughts on it yet of uh you know know, i don't know i i i'm in lean towards um garcia by decision but um that's i'm hesitant with that because um of everything you brought up this guy's tough guy duno is a tough fighter and um He's never been stopped. Yeah. He,
1: you know, he has one loss. He lost on a decision. I don't even know if he's ever been down. Um, you know, I do think that uh, Garcia will get a decision should it go to the cards, but you never know. You know, hey, listen, uh, the fight that we saw, I do don't—I can't pronounce the guy's name, but we were just talking to his uh, publicist, uh, Mario Barrios, uh, same type of path that Ryan Garcia has taken. If you punch up Mario Barrios you'll see that you know for his first 15 fights or so um, this was a guy that was in very very light and then his last fight was for uh, a vacant title Um, believe it was a WBA and the kid that he fought uh, was very uh, uh, raw but gave him the fight of his life now if Barrios didn't knock this kid down twice I had him losing that fight as a matter of fact if I recall correctly I had that fight either a draw or slightly in his opponent's favor. Um, Mario Barrios got the win. He was the A-side fighter. And I think we're going to see a similar fight on Saturday night between Ryan Garcia and Romeo Dono. I think
2: that this kid is going to challenge Ryan. That's what I think. Well, I tell you, that would be interesting because um, that was on the Errol Spence, Sean Porter undercard. um, And it was against Buck. Batyr Akhmedov. And yeah, I thought Akhmedov won that fight. I was surprised. Despite being dropped twice. Right. I thought I was surprised that Barrios got it. Because if if you remember at the end, Barrios looked like he'd been through... a train.
1: You know, to quote my man, uh, Max Kellerman, you know, who would you rather be at right. this I, I certainly wouldn't want to have been him. No, because Barrios spent the next day with a splitting headache. Splitting headache? He was in the hospital with, with internal bleeding, too, from what I understand. You know, and then... One of the best things that one of the worst sanctioning bodies did was they ordered a rematch. Wow. They made the uh, they made the mandatory it's like, Who runs that division, yeah. the Marquis de San <laughs> they, they you know, they figured that, you know, the fight was so good, let's order it. It's like, damn, Mary. Let's like, see that again. Yeah, now, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's Put Sulemon. a band aid on him. That's like Suleiman making a judge judgment call ringside. Yeah, nope, nope, that was a do- Yeah, order, you know. But uh, but you know we'll see we'll see what I happens. It was, uh, Ed Brophy here earlier. You know I thought I did too. Yeah, but I I don't think so. I, I think it th- was really. I'm pretty um yeah. I, I no he's not there. Yeah I I it he's in my like, reading glasses. It, it, I can't
2: really. It's everything's blurry about 25 feet away. <laughs> well
1: it's blurry for me too. But uh, in any event, hey listen we're going to take a short break. When we come back we'll uh, talk some more uh, about it. Hey listen uh, if you are uh, watching us live right now uh... in the chat room remember your super chat gets your comment question concern whatever uh... on the air we, we don't have the ability to uh... make or receive calls so i apologize for that hey uh... before uh, i go i, I just want to say one thing
0: um... You know, Where you can get that,
1: and uh, and don't forget uh, the zone. If you're not signed up, you better sign up. This fight's worth it. Uh, right now, you can. Uh, I think it's 19.99 a month. Contrary to somebody in the chat room fighting with us tooth and nail over it. um Now, now what what I had heard was that they raised it to 19.99, and that the people that were paying 9.99 were going to continue to pay that for, for grandpa- one year.
6: Oh, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna raise it on us too. They have to. Think about, you know, I've been crunching numbers on that, and they have to raise the price. Hold that thought, we're gonna take a short break, and uh, we'll be back, uh, uh, I don't know, probably two minutes?
4: Endless Pools are an incredible alternative to traditional pools, making it easy and inexpensive to swim at home. Exercise year-round against a smooth current set to your desired pace and temperature. With our new underwater treadmill, you can walk or run without stressing your joints. Endless pools are simple to install and even simpler to maintain. The water stays crystal clear with almost no chlorine. Call for your free idea kit and experience the freedom of swimming at home.
5: has never been this exciting at graze.com we combine wholesome ingredients with the flavors we all love to create over 100 exciting snacks like these we'd love to send you a graze sampler box for free just go to graze.com enter the code enjoy 36 and we'll mail your free box to your home or office join thousands of grazers already in love with our exciting snacks so come to graze.com for your first box free
6: Broken air conditioning, $4,400. Failing refrigerator, $2,500. Don't let outrageous repair and replacement bills like these bust your budget. Get the first American home warranty plan, and when a covered appliance or system breaks, we'll repair it or replace it for you.
1: We had a high-end dishwasher go kaput. They put it in a brand new dishwasher.
6: We have plans that cover air conditioning, most appliances, plus heating, plumbing, electrical systems, and much more. Plans start as low as $25 a month. Why let a major appliance or system breakdown bust your budget, or go through the hassle of finding trustworthy service people? Last year alone, we saved our customers over $120 million. Don't wait until something breaks and you're stuck with a huge bill.
4: You save a lot of money, it's absolutely worth it.
6: If you don't have First American Warranty, Get it.
4: Call 1-800-946-6234 for your free, no obligation quote.
0: Need relief from back aches and stiffness in your hips or down your legs? Then you need Dr. Ho's Back Relief Belt, the innovative technology to support and decompress your spine. And now it's covered by Medicare.
2: Every patient with back pain should be wearing this belt. Nothing gave me instant relief except for the Dr. Ho belt.
0: Feel good while standing, walking, driving, doing housework, and while laying down. And now, Dr. Ho's patented belt is available at our best price ever. It's even covered by Medicare. Order now to get the easy-to-use hand pump and back rehabilitation DVD, free. You know, similar belts can cost you almost $1,000, but my belts won't cost you $500,
6: not $300, Not even $200. I will give you my special TV price.
0: And remember, Dr. Ho's belt is covered by Medicare. If you know a friend or family member that suffers with pain, get them my system today. Help them live with less pain, be more
6: active and get back to doing the things they love. Give them the gift of health.
4: Endless pools are an incredible alternative to traditional pools, making it easy and inexpensive to swim at home. Exercise year-round against a smooth current set to your desired pace and temperature. With our new underwater treadmill, you can walk or run without stressing your joints. Endless pools are simple to install and even simpler to maintain. The water stays crystal clear with almost no chlorine. Call for your free idea kit and experience the freedom of swimming at home.
5: Snacking has never been this exciting. At Graze.com, we combine wholesome ingredients with the flavors we all love to create over 100 exciting snacks, like these. We'd love to send you a Graze sampler box for free. Just go to Graze.com, enter the code ENJOY36, and we'll mail your free box to your home or office. Join thousands of Grazers already in love with our exciting snacks. So come to Graze.com for your first box free. Broken
6: air conditioning, $4,400. Failing refrigerator, $2,500. Don't let outrageous repair and replacement bills like these bust your budget. Get the first American home warranty plan, and when a covered appliance or system breaks, we'll repair it or replace it for you.
1: We had a high-end dishwasher. Go kaput.
6: They put in a brand new dishwasher. We have plans that cover air conditioning, most appliances, plus heating, plumbing, electrical systems, and much more. Plans start as low as $25 a month. Why let a major appliance or system breakdown bust your budget or go through the hassle of finding trustworthy service people? Last year alone, we saved our customers over $120 million. Don't wait until something breaks and you're stuck with a huge bill.
4: You save a lot of money, it's absolutely worth it. If
6: you don't have First American Warranty, Get
4: it. Call 1-800-946-6234 for your free, no obligation quote.
0: Need relief from back aches and stiffness in your hips or down your legs? Then you need Dr. Ho's Back Relief Belt, the innovative technology to support and decompress your spine. And now it's covered by Medicare.
2: Every patient with back pain should be wearing this belt. Nothing gave me instant relief except for the Dr. Ho belt.
0: Feel good while standing, walking, driving, doing housework, and while laying down. And now Dr. Ho's patented belt is available at our best price ever. It's even covered by Medicare. Order now to get the easy to use hand pump and back rehabilitation DVD, free. You know, similar belts can cost you almost $1,000, but my belts won't cost you $500, not $300, not even $200. I will give you my special TV price. And remember, Dr. Ho's belt is- And
1: we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C Show. We're currently live in Las Vegas at the MGM as uh, Alex Papalia and myself are doing our Canelo Kovalev pre, pre, pre fight show. We're gonna be here all day long, uh, missing Dax right now. Dax was, uh, should have been uh, out here with us. He was going to come on along with my man, Sal Rocky Senacola, but I <clears throat> forgot the uh, phone system, Alex. So, uh, uh, but, but I do want to give a shout out to the infamous Jeremy C., who's in the chat room right now. Uh, and, you know, he's lying like he usually does, uh, telling people I, you know, actually paid him off. Uh, to go uh, in there and cause trouble but he, he just causes trouble anyway you know he does it for free he's like one of those causing trouble for free guys like Woody Woodpecker yeah yeah Jer- Jeremy, Jeremy C is synonymous to Woody, Woody <laughs> Woodpecker <laughs> and, uh, that's, a that's him that's Jeremy C you know but uh, anyway he's uh, he's out there and you know you know it, speaking of Jeremy C as you can see our background here jeremy c never fixed my green screen so we could actually have a cool background if jeremy c did his job so it would look like you know like on the moon or something the one i don't pay him for you know so (laughs) i I mean (laughs) his hobby yeah you know if he would have did the job i don't pay him for yeah they call that a hobby he could have set up the green screen and we could have had a nice background instead we have this Drab looking carpet. Nothing against the MGM, but it could have been a little. Bit. I can't believe actually this cold is it right here. It is a little cold. Chilly. It, it is was a, warmer in Connecticut. I, I tell you the truth. I uh, I I have the sniffles. I, you know, I knew I was going to get sick between the, the the shuttle driver that was coughing and sneezing all over the place. I knew I was in, in for it then. And then the plane ride. Every, what, what did it, before you check in? Did, yeah. I mean, before you get on the plane, do you have to be sick to get yeah, on? it's a because tube of it, sick. it was terrible. It was terrible. I woke up this morning sick. Like, yeah. you know, well, I feel better now. But, uh, you know, I need to get a little sleep. You know, that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, I think you do. You know, but uh, in any event, before we went to break, we were talking about the Ryan Garcia-Romeo uh, Deno fight. And I really think that uh, it's going to be a, a, a tough uh, challenge for Garcia one that i want to see him fight i mean don't get me wrong i don't think that he shouldn't fight him uh but i think that he seems a little overconfident and a lot of times when you have a fight and and don't get me wrong every fighter has to be confident if they're not confident going into a fight uh you know That's not a good thing. not good. You know, when you're interviewing a fighter and you say, how do you think the fight's going to go? And they say something like I'm a nervous wreck. I'm I'm a nervous wreck. I'm scared to death. I haven't slept in a week. No, but if they say something like, well, I'm going to do my best. My blood pressure's soaring. You know, when they say, well, I'm going to do my best, that's not a good sign. Right. You know,
2: but... uh, that's what I, that's what i was talking to the cabbie on the way out here was uh i was i'm not on the way out here i, I took a cab from connecticut yeah no
1: from the airport
2: and you uh, know if you had alex's kind of money you could afford to take a cab <laughs> from connecticut to vegas an uber yeah <laughs> but um that was one of the things we were talking i was saying what i was out here for and he, he said have you ever boxed and i said yeah i you know just as an amateur i had one amateur fight but it um i couldn't handle it and it wasn't the fight it was the unknown. It was the whole day of the fight. My, I couldn't turn my head off. My mind was thinking of all these horrible things that could happen. And Jeez, um, that's not like you. Yeah, and <laughs> but it, as soon as the bell rang, it all went away. And then the bell rang to end the fight, and um, they I all came. Back. I came back to myself. And it was like, you know, I'm glad I won. I'm glad I did that, but never again. <laughs> I just couldn't handle the anxiety of it. That's why these. I am amazed by these guys. Uh, they do something that, uh, you know, I know I can't do. Um, and uh, I admire that tremendously because, um, you know, there's they deal with fear in such a way that's just incredible.
1: Yeah, and some, some of the others... Uh Uh, don't deal with it as well but you're right you know if you're interviewing a fighter and uh, hey how do you feel about this fight and he's saying I have a nervous wreck I've been throwing up all night Mm, chances are that's not a good thing. so I mean I'm not knocking him for being uh, uh, you know confident I I just you know I, I just feel that the path that a lot of young fighters take today is dangerous because they're not given the opportunity to get better You know, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that in order to increase, I've always said, to increase the level of opposition, you know, a little bit, every fight, is the way to go. And, And the thing is, is once you struggle... Once you have a fighter, you know, and, and you know, I, it, I laugh because today's fighter, you know, I, I need I need uh, experience against the southpaw. So they find some, you know, slug southpaw. Nope, now I know how to fight southpaw. You know, years ago, they'd fight 20 southpaws, tall ones, short ones, guys that come at you, boxers, you know. So you, you learn all the different aspects of, uh, there's the guy you thought was trophy. Uh, <laughs> um, a- anyway, uh, and today they, they don't do that. Um, so I I think that you know they're just not given the opportunity to get better and the end result is when we see a young fighter and I'm just saying hypothetically a guy like Ryan Garcia who's all of a sudden you know in in a position for you know a a big fight should he get by this one Saturday night um, is he getting better you know they, they should be fighting tougher fights along the way, and, and you know, if they dominate, then you increase the level of opposition a little more for the next fight. And should they struggle a little, well now you just stumbled a- across a level of boxing that you need to find another guy like that until they can beat them handedly. then you up, you know step up the level of opposition. That's the only way to get a fighter better. Every other team does the same, like in, in other sports, they all do the same thing. You know, you know they increase
2: the level of opposition, uh, and they get better and better. Right, and and I think that that is a big thing with um, in this fight that uh, that Garcia has is the question is is it too much of a step up because fighters do have to make that step up step up it's important, and um, they uh, you know of course they're going to learn from him. Learn from it, but you're right, is that sometimes if it's too much of a step up, I mean, this is a sport where you get really badly hurt. um, And because sometimes the fights are so rough, you leave a little bit of yourself in that ring that you never get back. Um, So you don't want a guy to make, when he takes his step up, it's a fight like that. Um, But so, and I think that does speak what what we were saying about before is that, uh, you know, Gone is the time. I mean, I think there's still some some, some uh, occasions of it. I mean, I know I'm lucky enough being in the New England area. We have um, CES boxing, which they do have some uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. regional. I don't stuff. recall getting a check from him. No. Stop, stop, stop <laughs> promoting well, him. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta say, what's um, uh, I gotta say, you know, the truth, and that's one of the things that they um that they do well the thing, is they the thing, do establish regional rivalries. Well, well, and I think that, especially where it's guys, you know, the only people that care are people from the neighborhoods or from the city, like from Providence or from Hartford, from New Britain. Um, not a lot of people might know the guy. The guy might be 4-0 and and the guy he's fighting is 3-1. and You know, but it's it puts asses in seats. That's old style. That's, that is. That, that, that really and, is. And, 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 and what,
1: what that is, though, Alex, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's a club show. Yeah. And what's, what's making it very difficult for for promoters today is to do a club show because a club show now the cost of doing a show with the cost of of commissions and you know everything else that's involved it you know unless there's other kinds of revenue streams like you know TV used to be one of them well you know, uh, companies like The Zone are, are <laughs> kind of getting rid of that. Uh, same thing with, with the other streaming services, the SP and so on and so forth. You know, so you're not even getting networks that are willing to, to pay. So now it falls on um, those old grassroots promoters, the guys that are knocking on doors, hanging fight posters in gas stations. And that's why. Um, you know, classic entertainment and sports that you mentioned, Jimmy Bursfield, um, you know, that's why he does well, because he focuses on his local, you know, very yeah. rarely do you see a small promoter um, be able to make a profit.
2: And obviously he's making some kind of a profit, otherwise he wouldn't be doing it. Right. Right. And I think that that's, you know, for a while a fighter works with a promoter like that, you know, builds up an audience and then might be handed up hand it over to a bigger promoter that gets him more world recognition but yeah i mean our sport it, it especially when it comes to neighborhoods uh and just making a guy and even with social media too um those regional rivalries do they matter and uh it really does you know make for a much more engaging uh especially the fan experience when you're in a you know uh like at the Hartford Convention Center, which is not a big venue, but you've got it full of people that are cheering because they they like both guys. Well, you know that that's what we were saying earlier. You know those types of
1: uh, buildups where you have a local rivalry, you know, two guys yeah. that might uh, went to the same school that didn't like each other or, or neighboring schools or what have you and they develop a rivalry. Maybe we're amateurs They're, together. Yeah, you know, that that sells tickets and then, you know, like you mentioned New England, you know, you got a kid from Connecticut maybe he's going to fight a kid from Massachusetts and, you know, now all of a sudden you have a, a you know, a state rivalry and, and, you know, that kind of stuff builds up and that's that was the blueprint years ago. Yeah, That was what they used to do. I mean, they used to be Fighters and you know going way back in the twenties, thirties, and forties. You know there used to be a fighters that never fought outside of one state. You know New York was was you know one of the biggest states uh, around. The commission I, I remember that that book, uh, uh, Mike Silver's yeah. book, um, Arc of Boxing. Yeah, the rise and fall of the sweet science. You know he took and focused on the comparisons with the numbers of uh, boxers who had licenses, how many fight cards that were promoted per year, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what he did was he determined, you know, why boxing statistically, uh, he proved that it was better back in those days. But, um, you know, you, when you look at some of those fighters, they may never have fought outside of the state of New York or or maybe would venture into to Jersey or, or, or Connecticut, you know. Um, and and they would fight a whole career like
2: that yeah that that just doesn't happen anymore it's crazy when you think about it it should though
1: yeah I mean not for their whole career but it should for a a portion of their uh, careers so that they can have those fights gain that experience and get better it's like we were comparing with uh, with other uh, um, teams uh, other sports that are team oriented you know if if the worst team you know I always ask this question if the worst team played the best team every single week in football let's say for 16 weeks would they really be the best team right yeah you know because not. they they keep you know they, they have to keep you know playing a, a better team because when when you're when you're doing a team sport You know, by playing against a better opponent, it ups your game. Well, you think it's any different
2: in boxing? Isn't Isn't that that what what the Harlem Globetrotters do? They keep beating the same team?
1: Yeah, the generals, the (laughs) Washington generals. Uh, But that's a different animal. But in in boxing, you know, you'll see fighters like we're going to see it Saturday night with Canelo. You know, Canelo is going to fight. He's going to up his game because of the challenge in front of him. And Kovalev, even though he's fighting theoretically a smaller guy, his challenge is huge, too. Yeah. You know, he's got to prove people like you wrong that he's not washed up. Um, you know, this could be his. A lot of people think that, you know, this is his farewell. Let me make a, a boatload of cash kind of a fight. Um, but we'll see. You know, he wins this fight. You know, now all of a sudden, you know, he's in line for. See, that that's the other thing that I always try to, to tell people, you know. The incentive. Somebody was say, "Well, what's the incentive for them to fight? They're, they're going to make a, a boatload of cash in this fight. What? Why? You know, you know, why don't they just cash out? Well, the incentive is, if you win, you're going to get another boatload right. of cash. You know, so so all of a sudden you have one more, one more. You, it's always one more until. Hey, did you notice that if you move these things against, <laughs> you got they gave us these 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 credentials on your wrist, right, and it locks in. So if you touch the thing, it moves it tighter, and you can't you can't get it off. It's the crazy thing. It's like a garrote. It it is. It is. But uh, you know what I'm saying, right?
2: Yeah. No, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So,
1: (laughs) you have any more comments on it? I mean, can you? you Well,
2: I thought that was one of the things that I thought was interesting about what Blair Cobbs was saying is that one of the time what what he talked about and very as a very important developmental time for him was when he was young, and he was fighting every weekend. Um, and one, the one question I was wondering that I didn't get a chance to ask him was how much sparring was he doing also? Because that's the thing I think that is big is a big difference between yesteryear and today, is fighters now spar a lot. Before, they used to fight. Um, and I think that that... Uh, You know I think you learn more it makes sense you learn on the job well if your jobs a prize fighter you learn in the ring more than you learn in the gym the thing about headgear you know it's it's a whole different animal when you're in the ring without headgear Uh, you could see much differently Um, you that false sense of security is gone Um, you're kind of out there, you know, and uh, there's nothing to compare to that. Gym wars, even if you know you're you're in Philly, yeah. <laughs> even if you live in Philly, even if in Philly, but it's that's just not the same.
1: But that's because sparring is a training thing. So, in other words, what I mean by that is, you know, when you have fighters that are sparring, what happens is, you know, you want to work on certain things with your sparring partner. Right. So going into the into the session. You know, and you say, okay, today we're going to work on, you know, defending body punches or, or working the jab. So the, the sparring partner is going to be doing one thing to help the fighter. Right. And if so I you, hurt
2: you, then I ease back. Then you get I fight. let you recover. <laughs> I let you recover. In a fight, no, that's when I put the pressure on right. And that's where you learn something because then you realize, oh, my God, I'm hurt. I didn't think I could ever fight when I'm this hurt. And you have one of those Tim Bradley moments where you're like on autopilot, you know. There's nothing to replace that kind of um, you know, experience. No, and you know it,
1: it's a good it's a good um, you know uh, comparison. Uh, you know, today they do spar more than fight. And you know there isn't you can't compare the two. Um, and you know years ago, you know you would get you know these all-time great fighters, Sugar Ray Robinson, for example. Um, you know, he fought uh, once a week uh, for a good portion of his career. Three of those fights were against basically glorified sparring partners, and then the fourth fight would be a real fight. Um, but he's still fighting twelve real fights a year, even though even though he you know he's he's getting forty or fifty fights under his belt for the year. He's still fighting you know at least ten or twelve real fights. Today they're getting Fighter of the Year awards for fighting three times in one year, and two of those fights are against you know uh, very beatable opposition.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing about it is that, you know, and I think that that's sort of, you know, we the world we live in today, uh, like you were saying earlier about, um, you know, guys uh, shopping around for titles and stuff um, with social media. You know, it's almost like you don't know what's real and what isn't real. Um, We this country, especially we've been drunk on ad speak for, what, 100 years. So. And now it's even it's. Where can I get a bottle of that? Yeah, it's (laughs) to a fever pitch. So, that's the thing about this sport that I love the most is that when it comes down to it, from bell to bell, there is no no one can tweet away or uh, you know Instagram away what happens in a fight. You see it. It happened. um, You could spin it however you want, but we all saw it. It's, as Teddy Atlas says, a truth chamber. And I don't know. There's fewer and fewer of those today. Um, So that's why I love this sport and and have since I was 15. Listen, you're just
1: tuning in to the uh, Billy C. Canelo-Kovalev pre-fight show live from the MGM in Las Vegas. If you have not signed up for the Zone, make sure you get it. You're not going to want to miss this fight. It's it's a big fight. Uh, It's a challenge for Canelo. Uh, Kovalev is ranked uh, number one in the world uh as a light heavyweight by the computer's system uh he is uh, the WBO champion so Canelo and incidentally you know the rule that you're not allowed to hold two titles I guess doesn't apply to Canelo because he still holds the WBC uh super middleweight title as well so um, you know they do make exceptions for the money makers but uh in any event
2: listen we're going to um uh can I just in- inject something sure. just from sure. a minute here from sure. from the Twitter Oh different story uh, a tw- uh, Kevin Ioli is tweeting, the other day Canelo said it's not a given that he'll go back down to 160 and could choose to stay at 175. top rank prez Todd DeBuff told me he'd be all-in for an Alvarez-Betterbiev. Fight well, if the, Alvarez wins Saturday. Well,
1: I tell you, no, he would be in. I don't know if I don't know if uh, Todd would be. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know if Canelo, <laughs> Canelo would, would. But I. But Todd's the not the one who's going to punched in the back right, of the head. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the better fight would clearly be Canelo against Bivol. But hey, listen, hold that thought. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, uh, take uh, uh, a little break here. We're going to come back with part two uh, of our uh, live from Las Vegas show. So uh, don't go anywheres. Uh, we will be back. Then,